For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Would you all please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love going home to visit my family. There's just something special about visiting the old haunts with a now almost one-year-old to make me feel completely nostalgic for the past. This past week, Lindsay, Elijah, and I were up in Alexandria with my family, and somehow it felt like nothing and everything had changed. For instance, when I went to the grocery store to pick up something for my mom, I ran into a couple people I used to go to church with 10 years ago, and it was like we were having the same conversations we had a decade ago. But then when we were driving on Route 1, I saw all the old buildings were gone, and they've all been replaced with townhouses. I can't believe how much it feels like everything changed, but everything is still just the same. Time, like a river, moves, and though it looks the same on the surface, everything about it is different. But perhaps the thing I enjoy most about going home is spending time with my grandmothers, Omi and Gran, who are now great-grandmothers to Elijah. I know that I'm a little biased, but I do have the best grandmothers in the world. One represents all the good southern hospitality that Petersburg, Virginia has ever had to offer, and the other represents the refined qualities of old Europe with her charm and presence. They could not be more different from one another, yet they've become great friends. Anyway, whenever I head home, whether it's for a day or a week, I always plan on swinging by both of their houses completely unannounced, and this last week was no exception. Both visits to Gran and to Omi were similar. We had the usual chit-chat. We caught up on all the other family members. We shared stories about Stanton and about St. John's. And we watched Elijah crawl all over the place. And during our time together with both of my grandmothers, we learned about their different health concerns, their new aches and pains. And we were unable to confront the harsh reality that one day, hopefully not for some time, but one day, they will no longer be here. Each visit ended with both of them asking for us to stay longer. While Elijah fussed for food or for a nap, they just begged us to stay. And both visits ended with the exact same words from both of my grandmothers. I just wish I had something to give you. I just wish that I had something to give you. To which one of them started looking around the room as if to take something off a coffee table and give it to us. To which the other one actually walked upstairs into a guest bedroom, literally took a painting off the wall and put it in our hands before we left. I just wish I had something to give you. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very same spirit-bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Inheritance, being an heir, is always a complex matter. 
I wish it wasn't true, but I've helped family prepares in my office for a funeral, and more of the conversation around our table was focused on who was receiving what than what hymns or scripture their now dead relative would want for their service of death or resurrection. At the exact moment a family needs to be together, perhaps more than ever, they were already marking the territory of what they wanted. The truth is, most of the time, we don't get to choose what we inherit. Our parents or grandparents might think something has special significance for us, and therefore they will leave that item for us in the will. But rare are the times that we get to choose what we receive. And of course, there are other things that we have absolutely no choice about inheriting. We get the good and the bad, the responsibility and the privilege, the shame and the pride. Frankly, the three things that determine our lives more than anything else, things that we inherit, come to us without any choice at all. We do not choose the family we're born into. We do not choose the amount of money our families have when we're born, and we do not choose the color of our skin. And yet, those three things, those three inherited things, will determine almost the rest of our lives. And of course, there are other things we inherit that we'd rather erase. Like those celebrities who get their DNA tested for a television show about genealogy only to discover that their ancestors were part of the Nazi regime or that their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents were perhaps slave owners or participated in the near eradication of the indigenous peoples in this country. Inheritance, being an heir, is complicated and it's confusing Are we nothing more than the genes and the history we inherit? Can we break free from this cycle of expectation and what it means to be an heir? Who are we, really? St. Paul says that we are children of God and heirs with Christ. Our inheritance, unlike that which we receive from our families and those we love, is totally different than anything that has ever existed. Moths and rust Do not corrupt it. Thieves cannot break in and steal it. It cannot be lost in the fall of the stock market or burned in the night or taken by the government in the so-called death tax. Our inheritance, this gift from God, is our hope while everything else appears to fail. Our inheritance promises us a future when we cannot imagine our own future. Our inheritance is the glory of God. However, this is a big however, there is more to our inheritance than smiles and rainbows and resurrection. Our inheritance comforts us, but it also afflicts us. We receive something so remarkable and inexplicable as heirs with Christ, but it also comes with a cost. Receiving this gift puts at risk almost everything Our financial security, our reputations, our social position, our friends, our family, our everything. And that is the revolution of faith. We are fellow heirs with Christ. We shall receive resurrection, but we also suffer with the Lord. The time is coming and is indeed here when the mighty will be brought low and the low will be raised high. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and do not put your trust in things that wither away. You need a faith only the size of a mustard seed. Ask, 
and ye shall receive. Those who lose their lives for the sake of the gospel will live. Have you ever heard anything more revolutionary in your lives? Everything about our lives changed with the inheritance of the Lord. Our finances change when we realize that everything we have first came from God. Our families change when we realize that when we do the will of God and everyone that does the will of God, they are our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters. Our worldview changes when we realize that God is still contending against the powers and the principalities even now. All that we once held dear washes away when the tide of life comes in. Moths will eat away at the fabric of our perspectives. Thieves will steal the wealth we think that determines everything. But there is one thing that will endure forever. The Lord. This is nothing short of revolutionary. And to be honest, it's gotten a lot of people killed throughout the centuries, including the one in whom we live and move and have our being. That's what we struggle to remember here in our comfortable Christianity. Jesus was a revolutionary. He wasn't killed for loving too much. He was killed for calling into question who was really in charge, for confronting the elite about not taking care of the poor and the marginalized. He was killed for telling the truth. Jesus was a revolutionary, and he calls us to join the revolution. But here in the good old Shenandoah Valley, here in this sweet little town of Stanton, Virginia, we don't feel very revolutionary. We like what we have. Good schools, perfectly manicured lawns, children that love us, that come home to visit, vacations, golf courses, solid retirement portfolios. We can't even imagine being called to leave our families or go to prison or even lose our lives for the sake of the gospel. Why do we need to risk anything when we already have everything we want? And yet, we, God's people, have this remarkable inheritance through the Lord, and because of it, we can take all kinds of risks that the world is afraid of. Because we know where our gifts really come from. We know that we can give them away because they were never ours to begin with. We can and we should be reckless with our lives because we can afford to be. We've been given the greatest inheritance in the history of the world. So the question is, why aren't we doing anything with it? There was a remarkably wealthy uncle, a man who pulled himself up by his bootstraps, who made his own company, who had amassed his great fortune throughout his life, but he had no children. He had no family of his own. He had a couple of nieces and nephews, but that was about it. He made all this wealth and had all this power and all this money. He had no one to give it to. But the nieces and nephews, they knew where it was going. They waited with bated breath for the day he would die. Instead of going on to school or studying a trade and making their own lives, they waited. They dreamt of all that they could spend that money on the day that he died. And then one day, he did. After the funeral was over, about a week later, the nieces and nephews got together with the family lawyer and they sat down to go over the will. And the lawyer went through all the important 
legal jargon and talked about the estate and so on and so forth. And he finally got to the end and he said, to my nieces and nephews. And they were so excited. They were all wearing black because they were supposed to be mourning and being upset. But they couldn't hide their smiles. This was the moment that they had dreamt of for years. They were finally going to go on that vacation. Finally going to buy that boat. Finally going to get that farm we always wanted. And so the lawyer sat there and he said, To my nieces and nephews, I leave my library. All of them in their heads are thinking, Library? One of them even said it out loud. Library?
My friends, so too the grace of God has been given to us. When we cry, Abba, Father, is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We have received something that the world could only dream of. And we have to ask ourselves, if we are letting our inheritance gather dust on the bookshelves of our lives, do we know the gift that we have? God is bold and generous with reckless abandon to the point of giving his only begotten son that we might have eternal life. God is concerned with the cries of the needy and the poor and the marginalized. God brings down the high and raises up the low. And so should we. Long live the revolution. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen.